Hello, everyone, and welcome to Access Radio, the nation's only radio program dedicated to clinical documentation improvement specialists. Access Radio is a bi-weekly program dedicated to bringing you closer to the difference makers in CDI and sharing the latest news and information relevant to the CDI profession and access. Today, Wednesday, July 26th, marks our 73rd show. And if you haven't noticed, I am not Access Director Brian Murphy. My name is Melissa Varnavis. I'm the Associate Editorial Director for Access, the Association of Clinical Documentation Improvement Specialists. I'll be your host for today's program, Think Globally, Act Locally, a look inside Access's local chapters and networking groups. I'm joined today by my co-host, Penny Richards. Hello, Melissa. Our CCDS coordinator. As she likes to put it, the Access Chick. Penny helps those seeking to obtain the Certified Clinical Documentation Specialist credential, navigate the application process, and works with those who obtain the certification to earn their continuing education credits and recertify every two years. She also helps our local chapters as well as external vendors ensure that their educational offerings meet the standards of the CCDS. Thanks so much for being my co-host today, Penny. I'm very excited to be your number 73. Thanks. <laughs> We're filling in for Brian today, who is no doubt, nevertheless, listening to the program from his poolside perch down in sunny Mexico. Hope you're enjoying your trip to Chicken Pizza, Bri. Next, I'd like to introduce today's guest, Amy Van Balen, RN, BSN, CCDS. She is a senior clinical documentation specialist at a large level one trauma and academic medical facility in Providence, Rhode Island for Lifespan. She earned her Bachelor Degree of Science in Nursing from Simmons College in Boston, and her nursing experiences include a wide variety of clinical areas, including medical, surgical, and cardiac. She also has more than seven years' experience in CDI. She is a co-leader in the Massachusetts Actus local chapter and a member of the Actus Chapter Leadership Advisory Board. Welcome to the program, Amy. Thanks for having me. Now, just as Brian typically does, I'll start today's program by asking our audience to weigh in on a polling question related to today's topic. We'll come back to the results in a few minutes. Are you a member of an Access local chapter? The options are yes, no, not a local chapter, but a topic-based networking group. Wait, there are local chapters of Access? Or not applicable? But we'll leave that poll open for a couple of more seconds while folks weigh in. And uh, it's really interesting that because we have more than 40 local chapters across the country right now and a number of other networking groups, including pediatrics and critical access care and um, physician advisors and a, a number of other things that, that folks are meeting on, including an educator group. So it's very exciting um, about all of the different networking opportunities that are available to us. As I mentioned, our guest today is Amy Van Balen. Again, welcome to the program, and, and thanks for being a part of Actus Radio. Thanks. I'm thrilled to Amy. be back. Amy, this is Penny. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the role that you play at your facility and how you came to the CDI profession? Sure. So as Melissa mentioned, I, um, I'm a senior clinical documentation specialist at a large um, academic level one trauma center. So we have um, very sick patients and as well as interns and residents um, who are still learning and our role 
very much like um, the typical CDI role involves a lot of education with the physicians, a lot of one-on-one -on -one FaceTime with the physicians, um, as well as chart reviews and query development. In addition to that, as a senior level CDI, I also serve um, as kind of a, a resource to my coworkers, um, as well as review some hacks and PSIs, both concurrently and retrospectively. Um, and recently I, I did take over um, the retrospective mortality reviews at the facility. So kind of have my hands in a lot of pots and um, do my best to, to manage it all. This isn't your first time on Actus Radio, right? You joined us for a discussion on this topic last year. Can you tell I us did, I on did. How, yeah, it was so much fun. It was. Can it's you tell always, us your um, views on, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it's always fun to be with you and Penny and um, and filling in for Brian. We're Talk a little bit, um, if you can, um, Amy, about how you've seen local chapters activities change since you've been involved. Good question. So I have been, um, I just finished my second full year as um, the Massachusetts co-chair um, for leadership. and. You know, obviously CDI has evolved tremendously since I started this, um, gosh, almost eight, eight and a half years ago now. So I think that chapter leaders have had to evolve along with the profession and kind of um, bring the local chapters to the next level. So here in Massachusetts, I think our first year in leadership was really focused on getting everyone um, officially signed up and, and building our uh, roster to get people involved. But I think our second year is focused more on um, that wealth of knowledge that's so um, rampant throughout the CDI community and really putting a focus on the importance of education and sharing our knowledge with each other. So, you know, this past year, we've been able to offer two CEUs for every um, quarterly meeting that we have hosted. And we've been um, lucky enough to have physicians as speakers and CDI directors and managers as speakers, as well as coders and um, some of the frontline staff. So we've really focused on education and um, developing agendas around hot topics in CDI, such as outpatient and HCCs and um, risk adjustment. So I think we have evolved along with CDI to bring education to the next level. Amy, I'm interested in the role of the chapter advisory board. Um, that's something that I'm not involved with on a day-to-day -day basis. Can you tell us about that? Sure. So we're entering our second year um, with the chapter advisory board, and I was lucky enough um, to be asked to be part of it. And so basically, it's a small group of um, current and past chapter leaders who kind of meet together with Melissa and we brainstorm, we bounce ideas off each other, what's working in your neck of the woods, what's not working. Um, we also, you know, give opinions and advise Melissa on how Actus can help their local chapters better, how they can support their local chapters, what their local chapters need from Actus. Um, and, you know, we really just share a lot of information. And like I said earlier, the wealth of information in CDI and with the professionals in this organization is really overwhelming. But I think what's even more um, interesting is how willing to share that knowledge everyone is. And Brian's guest um, two weeks ago had mentioned that as well, but 
it's just really throughout the organization, people are so willing to share their expertise. So the chapter advisory board is really about um, focusing on what local chapters need. So last year we focused on updating the chapter toolkits um, on the local chapter page of the ACTUS website. And this year, you know, we've just recently met and trying to get some ideas together that we can do for this coming year. And I think, you know, obviously more to, to be determined, but um, I think the goal is to maybe try like a chapter, um, local chapter newsletter and um, for the advisory board members to get more involved in writing up some publications for the ACTUS website um, and things along that line. Absolutely, and it's really great work, and it's wonderful for all of the folks who are serving on the chapter advisory board who are volunteering, not just to lead their own chapters, but then also to put in this extra time to work with me to help enhance the local chapter offerings and to be a support for those volunteers who are working on the local level. So I really do appreciate everything that the chapter advisory board has done. There's lots of local chapters around the country that are really doing amazing work. Uh, for example, the, the folks in Missouri are planning, you know, hey, look, look who just stopped by. It's Actus Editor Linnea Archibald. How are, how are you doing, Linnea? What's up? Hey, guys. Uh, Brian just asked me to stop by and make sure you weren't making a mess out of Actus Radio today, but it seems like you've got it under control. <laughs> We've got so it I was under just control. telling... Yeah, <laughs> we were just chatting with Amy about the local chapters, and um, I was just talking about some of the things that are going around on the country. But Linnea, you're playing a, a much more active role with the local chapters. So, um, do you want to talk a little bit about some of the things that are going on? Sure, I would love to. Um, so, I have recently started taking on a bigger role with the local chapters, as Melissa just mentioned. One of the major things I do is helping to the website and our list of events and CDI strategies up to date. So local chapter leaders send me their event information and any sort of changes they have going on with their chapter and I make sure that those get out to the rest of the ACTUS membership. I also am in contact with the leaders about um, their agreement forms. So if you're a leader, you've probably received an email from me requesting your chapter agreement form. I also encourage people to use their the online roster that we provide and to keep us informed of anything they might have going on. Um, I did think I, I heard Melissa saying something about Missouri having a big event and that is coming up in October. We also have a full list of everybody's event in CDI strategies, but it looks like North Carolina and Florida both have big summertime events coming up in August and then in September California and Alabama both have all day in person events. In October, South Carolina, Missouri, and Oregon all have events too. So it's a busy time. And Melissa, isn't there going on something going on in Texas? Yes, I'm really excited about the return of the Texas Actus chapter. They're coming back after a bit of a hiatus, but we've got a great group of volunteers who are holding a webinar in August and are planning a, another full day in-person event at Baylor University Medical Center in Dallas, hopefully in October. But Amy, the Massachusetts chapter has its own big New England meeting coming up, right? We do. We felt a little pressure from all these events going on across the country. There's so much going on in terms, you know, of education and networking, and we felt the need to keep up. So actually, we have an all-day event coming up. Um, it's 
the third annual um, Northeast CDI Encoding Symposium. It's going to be um, held on August 11th. And we're very excited, um, been working very hard with um, both the Massachusetts and New York Actus and AHIMA teams to come together again and offer a full day event, which is free. We're offering six CEUs. We have um, some really hot topics such as outpatient CVI and HVCs, as well as a panel discussion, um, kind of best practices um, within CVI encoding. So I did put something up on the Actus Forum and CDI Talk um, with more details. If anybody is interested um, in the New England area that would like to come and join us, we would love to have you. Amy, this is Penny. I know that a lot of the local chapters apply for and offer CCDS CEU uh, credits. Have you yeah. had any trouble doing this? How have you found the process to work? We have not. So Penny, you deserve some credit in this because um, I, I've found that it's been a very seamless process for us. Um, there are three ways you can do it. You can either do it via email or for fax, um, or if you're old-fashioned want to mail it in, that's fine as well. Um, we in Massachusetts typically will fax our request in, and um, Penny gets right back to us, says she's going to review it, and then within a few, usually within a week or two, we get an email um, with the CEU credit uh, to print and hand out at our events. One thing I will say is that um, I found that once we secure our speakers for our events, I right away ask them for their bio as well as their learning objectives for their talk so that when I go to fill out the CEU credit form, I have all the information at hand that I need and it's really it's, it's a very easy process. Good. I'm glad you haven't uh, had too much trouble with that. And I do try to get back to everybody as quickly as I can. Um, I'm on the Actus website, and I just pulled up under the certification tab. Um, Linnea made us a great place for a great page for our CCDS CEUs. So if you have a chance, go there, take a look. Uh, the application is there along with the instructions. And if you have any questions or something isn't clear, don't hesitate to reach out to me. I'm here to help with that. Thanks, Penny. One of the important things to note, too, is that there are, you know, as I said at the start of the program, more than 40 local chapters across the country, and Penny helps with the leaders to obtain those continuing education credits. Essentially, the application form requires, you know, it's not a heck of a lot of work. It's just um, a little bit of paperwork that helps us ensure that the meeting itself is on the right track and is actually providing educational content to the attendees. So the application form asks things like what are the learning objectives for a particular session, um, what are the speaker's credentials, um, what's the timing of the program, and items like that. And Penny needs to get those about 30 days in advance of the actual event to help um, her streamline things and keep the process going. We don't want poor Penny to be too, too overwhelmed, um, and she also will help if you have any difficulties with handing out the, the with figuring out the paperwork at all, um, she can help with that. It's also important to note that under the local chapter toolkit that we pulled up earlier, there is some examples of that paperwork and how local chapter leaders have filled that out uh, effectively in the past. So if you do have any questions, you can go and you can see an example of that on the local chapter toolkit. Um, one other thing I would say about that is that it's helpful to us here that 
local chapter leaders complete that paperwork and submit that paperwork to Penny and that um, it's not the speaker themselves filling out that paperwork and it's not a uh, meeting host filling out that paperwork, but the leadership team them, themselves so that we know um, who, who, which chapter it's going for and, and who is sort of holding the, the reins of that, of that chapter. And I really do want to say um, that I appreciate Penny's efforts in that regard. The other thing that I wanted to mention about that is that we did have quite an interesting discussion with the local chapter leaders about obtaining continuing education credits back in June. And those meetings are uh, available for you to listen to if you were not if you were not able to participate on that day. We do have um, recordings of those up on the tool up on the local chapter toolkit as well. And I'll just pull that up here for us to take a to take a look at. Um, they are all um, here, and we will be adding to that library as well. So at this point, I will go ahead and share the results of our poll. It looks like 45% say they are local chapter members, 47% uh, say they aren't, 6% didn't know their chapters of, of ACTUS, um, which, is, which is great. Um, so now you know, and now you can go and take a look and join, join one of your local chapters and participate in one of these events. Um, so that's really pretty good, 50, it's 50-50. Um, Amy, would you like to say anything about that or any kinds of recommendations you might have? Yeah, I'm actually a little surprised that 47% are not part of a local chapter because in my experience, it is nothing but beneficial to be a part of a local chapter not just for the educational purposes, but for networking, to get to know your peers and to hear best practices and what other, you know, departments are doing. And, you know, you always can come back with something that you've learned from an event. I feel so fortunate that I've been part of the volunteer efforts for ACTUS and in, in my local chapter. And, you know, I, I feel strongly that the benefits for sure outweigh um, any effort that it takes to to become a more active part in your local chapter. So, you know, I would just truly encourage like all of those 47% that are not a local a local chapter participant to get to get involved because the benefits are, are so great. I think, um, you know, each chapter is a little different. Some do collect a small amount of dues and some do not. So it might not even, you know, cost anything or um, require very much effort um, to get involved. And for the 45% who are involved, I would just encourage you to maybe consider stepping it up a little and, and um, volunteering to maybe help out. And, you know, there's so many levels of involvement in ways that you can help. It doesn't have to be as a chapter leader. It could maybe just, maybe you're really great at um, PowerPoint and you want to Put together like some slides for the for the next meeting or put together a flyer to advertise the next meeting maybe you're great at marketing and you want to you know put something together for the local chapter um, page on actus there's just a lot of a lot of good ways to get involved um, and, and i think it also helps um, keep you rejuvenated and energized within your profession um, because for me i know it it always motivates me when I hear what other people are doing that I want to kind of raise to that challenge and, and do it as well. 
really appreciate that, Amy. And I really um, agree with you. One of the mission statements of the association is to promote education and to help people network with one another to enhance their careers and enhance the profession overall. Local chapters are a really wonderful way for people to come together as a community to share their knowledge, to share their experiences, and to help everyone grow together. As Amy indicated, some local chapters don't charge anything for their events. Um, for example, this big full day event being held in Massachusetts coming up on August 11th is free of charge. Um, there'll be six sessions, Amy, is that correct? Yeah, so we have um, two speakers in the morning, uh, uh, panel discussion, and then two speakers in the afternoon. And, you know, our my co-lead, Lara Faustino, has worked so hard um, with a sponsor to get it all covered um, free of charge. So six CEUs at the end of the day, plus breakfast, lunch, and networking. You can't really beat that. Yeah, it's, it's really amazing. And a lot of the other chapters are very minimal cost or are free also. Um, so it's a really great way, a great way to participate. Yes, there are some driving requirements for folks, you know, and sometimes rush hour traffic can be a deterrent. That's, you know, clearly um, quite often the case. Um, but the benefit, I think, is you know, is is really out, outweighs some of the some of the travel difficulties that are there. Um, one of the other things too um, is is to recognize that you know how sometimes CEUs can be hard to come by, and ACES does try um, to provide a lot of opportunities for those. Um, and this is another way of for folks to obtain their CEUs. One other uh, comment that was made in our chat pod here is asking about those areas that maybe don't have a local chapter in them. Um, we do have more than, as I, as I mentioned, more than 40 local chapters across the, across the country. Um, and I'll just pull the map back up there for folks to see. Um, the states that are gray don't have existing local chapters, but uh, we are in most of the country and we are working right now with some folks in Idaho and um, some folks in Oklahoma who are interested in getting a, a group started. So if you don't have one in your group and you're interested in starting one, please do reach out to me. Um, you can find my email address on the website. Um, it's mbarnabas at access.org and I'd be happy to chat with you about getting a, getting a group going. And there is a lot of um, help, even from the chapter advisory board that, you know, like I said, the sharing of knowledge is, is overwhelming. And any of us, I'm sure I can speak for them as well, would be happy to, um, you know, communicate via phone or email if you have questions about starting a local chapter. And there is a lot of help and support within um, the organization to, to help you get that up and running. Thank you, Amy. I appreciate it. This sort of brings us to our in the news segment. Um, Brian usually highlights uh, some news out there in the industry and shares it with all of you. Um, I would like to share the current edition of the ACTIS Journal. For folks who are ACTIS members, the CDI Journal is a bi-monthly, so every other month's publication. 
It's typically around 30 pages long. It has a number of interesting articles in it, columns from peers, and uh, in the news segments in and of itself. The July-August edition is focused on summer reading and providing education of all manner to various stakeholders. We have information from Sharm Brody, our bootcamp instructor on CDI process and workflow. There is an article on developing an onboarding process for new CDI professionals. There's an article from Linnea talking about her own onboarding journey here since she started with ACTIS back in January. We also have an article regarding the role of the CDI educator, which is an emerging career path for CDI professionals in the field, how they are finding their way, creating job descriptions for themselves, and what types of tasks are they being asked to perform. There's also uh, in the news which talks about two very important publications which were published to the ACTIS website, a leadership position paper and a physician query survey. We sort of recapped two of those and those can also be found under the resource section of the ACTIS website. Another article that's discussed here is provider education tips. This has advice from members of the ACTIS advisory board on ways to engage with your providers and help them understand the role of CDI, how to reward them when they are uh, helpful participants in the CDI process. We have a radio recap. It's about denials and effective, effective physician communication as well. And uh, one of the uh, interesting things, another interesting part of this is an article on physician engagement and the, some of the creative ideas that, that folks do. And you see there's a little article here about how that might play out in the pediatric setting. We have our column from our physician advisor, Dr. Trey Lacharte, um, talking again about physician engagement. And another really interesting article for folks to take a look at is this that starts on page 27 regarding residency training. This one is um, a look at some analysis that was done um, by Roger Diversa and Lisa Diaz, and it gives a little tip sheet about what physician and residencies are, say are saying, and it's followed up by an in-depth look at what several facilities are doing here. We also have a recap of the most recent coding clinics, and then our MEDA member. For folks who aren't familiar with the CDI Journal, each edition has a MEDA member if you're interested in being featured. You can, you can let us know. So next is our Access Update feature, which is, which is telling you what's going on inside the association. We've uh, just, showed, we just talked a little bit about, about the uh, CDI Journal, and I'm going to pause for a minute here, and we're going to take a look over at the CCDS pages. Penny, I'm going to poke at you a little bit and, and have you just talk a little bit about some of the things that have been going on over there. Well, we tried to make the, um, the links for picking up things like the CCDS CEU applications, the exam application itself, the re-exam app, and the recertification app. 
make those a little bit easier for folks to find within those pages. Uh, we put those links on the tops of all of the pages. Um, we've also got information here on the requirements to sit for the exam, what um, work experience and education experience you have to have in order to qualify. You've got a page that explains how to apply and what the process is. And probably the most important document within um, these pages is the Exam Candidates Handbook. That's a 36-page PDF that really explains everything from A to Z, uh, answers just about any question you might have. But of course, after you've read that, if you still have questions, feel free to drop me an email. I'm happy to answer. Great. Well, thanks so much, Penny. And that will do it for today's edition of Access Radio. We'll be back in two weeks for Access Local Chat. We'll be back in two weeks for the next Access Radio. And as always, if you have any questions or suggestions for future guests or ideas about the format for the show, please send Brian Murphy an email at bmurphy@access.org. That brings us to the end of our program, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us, and have a great day.